Hello, folks, and welcome to the Spirit of Fire podcast for September 8th, 2013. First thing, uh, let's introduce uh, my co-host, Zach. Hey there, Zach, PGL, Rick Grimes. And my man, Martin, from Down Under. Good morning slash evening, uh, XXL Kiwi, MPS. All right, fellas. Well, uh, we have something very interesting to start off. It's actually breaking news, uh, and that is a possible Halo 5 beta. Now, I say possible because what, it, what I got was an email from a, uh, from a Halo Fan for Life uh, subscriber that sent me a screenshot uh, of, uh, I'm not sure if it's his friends list or whomever, but of a list of people. And on there, it says, uh, the person was playing Halo 5 beta. Uh, that's interesting. Mm. Uh, I think it's really early for that to even be out there. Yeah. So I don't know if I can really believe it, but it leaves it open. It'd be nice if there was a beta, even, even if it doesn't come to us, the regular, you know, users for months yet still, what do you guys think? Well, I, uh, I mean, I've made this pretty vocal. I think, I think there needs, there absolutely needs to be a beta for the next game. No question about it. I mean, I, if I felt like from launch on Halo four, we were playing the beta. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. Martin, sure. what do you think? I think, um, is it really that early for a beta? I mean, we are only technically almost a year out from it. And it's been in development for possibly a year already. We, I don't know if we're that too far away from a beta. I think we are. I think we are because from what I remember from Reach, was it roughly six months prior? Yes. It was. You know? It was, yeah. And, and you got to think. They, they their, Go ahead. They had their, they had their alpha beta. Right. I think it was uh, four months prior to that. So if right. it's only an alpha beta, yeah. they're, they're doing that. I reckon, I reckon it's around about the right time myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if this is the alpha, that's close. fine. That's it could fine. be a very early de- uh, dev, you know, yeah. dev production. Because for it to be an actual beta, uh, you know, th- this would be, I think, really early for it. And... Uh, um, it certainly would go through some iterations of design before it got to us. So who knows what this is, but it was uh, neat information. I was glad to get the screen screenshot of it. But uh, right now I think that's, it's just a bit too early to say, you know, if it's, you know, it, well, I, again, I'm not even sure if it's legit. Let's hope it is. But, yeah. um, but I certainly agree with you, Zach, that the next Halo game, absolutely has to have a beta because there was just too much that either wasn't included or should have been changed or whatever with Halo 4 that, uh, you know, a beta would have certainly let them know to, you know, hey, fix this, do that. You know, and and we've talked about this before. Um, I certainly think, at least myself, I would have rather waited six months and have the game much more polished, more things in it, you know, and really be ready to go. I think most people would have been fine with that, you know. Yeah, I mean the way we're at now with the game, I think if that would have launched like that, yeah, we yeah. wouldn't have lost like seventy thousand plus people. Right. right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I think so too. So this does lead us into uh, the week in Halo, and our first topic for that is that uh, the next game is going to be titled Halo Five. Uh, after all, and there is uh, there's a uh, a link on the site on my blog 
to um, the last couple of seconds of a video uh, that was put out. Uh, and this uh, video was put out by, it's the same company that made all the Spartan Ops uh, cutscenes. And uh, they put in the, the title Halo 5, whereas we had seen from 343, it just said Halo. So we don't know if that's a whoops or what that was. <laughs> what do you guys think? It's kind of a no-brainer. They have to call it Halo 5, really, don't they? I yeah. Mean, they, can't do a spin-off. they can't do a spin-off title and then call it, well, <laughs> we just decided to go down a whole new route and path because we're a, <laughs> they're not a new uh, developer anymore. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you'd, have to, you'd have to say it'd be Halo 5. And considering they showed Master Chief in this video, to call it anything but Halo 5 just wouldn't seem right because Halo, you know, the regular Halo series is Master Chief, you know. Anything right. that deviates from that then, I mean, you had Halo ODST, you had Halo Reach, and that didn't have uh, uh, Master Chief in it, at least as a main character, you know. Uh, so it makes sense for them to have offshoots, you know, same with Halo Wars. But in, in this case, if it's going to be Master Chief's story, whatever that story is, of course it makes sense for it to be Halo 5. Right. I, don't, I don't understand the secrecy that 343 is trying to prove from it. I, what yes. are they trying to gain out of out of just, oh, let's just hold off and calling it Halo 5 just in case. Let, 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 let's keep the community sort of guessing as to what the next title is called. I mean, really? Yeah, uh, it's kind of ridiculous. It is. I, th I think it's like a, more so a thing from Microsoft as like a marketing standpoint. Since the Xbox, instead of being called, you know, the Xbox 720, it's the Xbox <laughs> One. It's like this cool, sleek sort of like, oh, it's just Halo. You know, it's not Halo 5. But now I guess it is, you know, Halo 5. So oh, I, think, there you go, I think that's where they were kind of coming from is like some weird sort of marketing scheme. Of, yeah. At the launch of, you know, the big online launch of the One, the Xbox One, I think that was one of their like marketing kind of to tie it in together, you know. They'll probably end up calling it Halo 1-5. <laughs> 1.5 oh, version <God>. 3. <laughs> 1.5. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on here then. So uh, the next thing we'll uh, talk about is uh, the Halo Bulletin from 343. Um, it does go into uh, a recap of the Halo 4 Global Championships. And we, we've already discussed that in the last podcast. Uh, I've covered it extensively on the site. So really, there's no reason for us to go back over that again. I mean, we know who won by this point and, you know, who was in the finals and so on. So we're going to skip that part. Of course, if anybody wants to uh, read up about that, you can always check the blog for that. But the next important part of the bulletin was uh, that Halo 4 uh, is going to have a Game of the Year edition. And uh, we've got some details on that. First of all, um, you know, what do you think about it being called a game of the year? I mean, is it really the game of the year? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it just the, um, I know Borderlands did it, and it didn't win game of the year. I know a few titles have done it. Yeah. I think once you nominated for game of the year, it entitles you to come out with the game of the year edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think once you're nominated, that's when the marketing right. campaign starts going for the title. Yeah, but, yeah. I think it's I think it's more so a way to like get more people to play the game. You know, it's exactly. bundled with all this other stuff, and you know, it's a decent price point, I believe. What right. is it, like 
50 or 70? $50. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So let's go over uh, with what it includes here. I'll just go through the list. Uh, if there's any particular things in the list you want to talk about, please feel free to butt in. Uh, so obviously it includes the game Halo 4, uh, all of Spartan Ops Season 1, uh, the War Games map pass, and the Champions Bundle, which just came out. Now mm-hmm. right there, uh, that's a pretty decent deal because when you got the limited edition, uh, which what I believe it was, what, 75 or 80, you got the War Games Pass, uh, and that saved you a few bucks there. Yeah. Uh, and then the Champions Bundle was essentially $10 or 800 Microsoft points. So right there, all of those added in, if you, if you don't have Halo 4 yet, and first of all, why don't you? But <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have it right there, getting those, those uh, bundles uh, makes it worth it. So anything in addition to that is all extra good stuff. Um, the next thing is, uh, avatar items. Uh, we have a UNSC avatar shirt, uh, a ghost avatar prop, which is cool. I have that one. And then something new, and this is the only thing you can only find this one in the game of the year edition is, uh, the master chief avatar cloak. And that was what was seen in the, uh, in the video. So, uh, I don't know if that's going to be, I would assume that's going to be the armor and the cloak, uh, as well. Um, you know, they didn't show a picture or anything like that, but uh, that's what I'm hoping it'll be. Uh, the next things are, you think so. yeah, yeah, because otherwise, if it was just a cloak on your avatar, that well, maybe it is, maybe it could be. It could be yeah. like a prop. It could, maybe it is. Hmm. Oh, that's okay. I have the Halo, uh, the Master Chief Halo Four armor, so I can put that on top of it. Uh, so next is uh, the the themes for uh, live. They have the Haven, uh, ha- <clears throat> excuse me, the Haven uh, premiere theme and the Longbow premiere theme. I have both of those. Do you guys have those themes? Yeah, they. Yeah. Um, I think I have the Haven one. Yeah, I'm not sure about the other one. I don't. I don't use them now. I think yeah. I've got. There was a different. There's another theme that I have, and it shows uh, the forward and to dawn. I'm not sure which one that is. Hmm. But uh, but that's the one that I use. Uh, next up is emblems that are included, and that's Mjolnir, Spartan, Bulletproof, Assassin, and Bonebreaker. And all of those are uh, the ones that are tied in with uh, pre-order bonuses. Uh, so that's, uh, that's cool, you know, that you get those extras. Um, as well, then, the armor skins that... Uh, are hand in hand with those emblems would be Hazop Forest, and that's the one that you got from GameStop. Now I'm mentioning these ones from America, so Martin, if they're a different store in uh, Australia, please butt in. Uh, Hazop was with GameStop. Uh, Oceanic Circuit came from Walmart. The CIO Web is from Amazon. Venator Raptor is from Best Buy, and Gungnir Pulse was from the Microsoft Store. And uh, I was lucky enough that I have all of those except for the Venator Raptor. Um, uh, and believe me, I did not buy all those extra copies of the game. <laughs> the way the way that it worked out for me was that um, I had pre-ordered the game from GameStop, and that's where I was going to get it from. But then my Xbox, uh, my uh, my Halo Three special edition Xbox, finally went kaput on me after five years. And yes, oh, I still have it. It's not like I threw that puppy out. It's a it's a big ass paperweight, but I'm keeping that sucker. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. um, but my wife was uh, kind enough to uh, buy me the Halo Four uh, Xbox uh, uh, edition, and so with that, uh, I got that. I ordered it from Amazon, so 
not only did I get the CIO web, I also got the Photos armor, which strangely enough is not included in this. And I think that was a good thing that they did that. Did that. That's the only armor I think uh, of the, all the pre-order stuff that I think shouldn't have been in this, and I'm glad it's not. Only because you had to get the console in order to be able to get that and that was a lot more money and i know people say well that's you know that was extra and all that you know but it's not the same as like just pre-ordering a game you know you could pre-order the game from anywhere and it doesn't cost you anything to pre-order the game and you're paying the same prices everywhere else you know but the difference with the uh, console was is you you i think we paid it was like four hundred dollars for the console you know yeah so you know yeah, I want my Photos armor to be just a little bit more exclusive, please. <laughs> but um, but I really want that one. Yeah, yeah, it, it's cool. It is cool. Uh, so, anyways, I, as I was saying, it? what's that? They call it the unicorn, don't they? Is that yeah, the photos yeah. Armor? Photos armor. Photos means fist <laughs> of the unicorn. That's what it means. And fist of the unicorn, as a backstory, uh, was the name of the band that was on the Pillar of Autumn. In fact, if you go back to Halo CE or Halo Anniversary, uh, when you're on the bridge and you start to leave it, you'll come across like a billboard uh, in the bridge, and you'll see a, a poster up for it for Fist of the huh. Unicorn. So go check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, oh, that ties cool. way back. Um, so anyways, real quick though. So with the console, I ordered it from Amazon. So I got the CIO web. I also got the, uh, uh, the photos armor. Uh, and then because I already had the game ordered from GameStop, I got the Hazop one and I ended up giving that copy to, uh, my brother-in-law. So that left me with, uh, Oceanic Venator and Gunganir. Uh, the Oceanic and Gunganir I got for like $5 each off of eBay. They were real cheap. But boy, that Venator armor, forget it. That was crazy because, and that ties into the next thing, the helmets that are included, the Locust and Deadeye. Deadeye was part of a deal, a package deal with the Venator Raptor armor at Best Buy. And, uh, and that helmet, oh, I just love love that helmet and it's the only helmet that i don't have hmm. uh, the locust helmet's cool say, you've got it that's pretty much no that's the one that i want as well yeah so it's an awesome looking yeah helmet. it's very cool very cool the locust one is cool and i wore it for a short time except that uh it's very bulbous and it's really big you know it's the one that looks like a skull but it's got the x across it and it looks cool but again you know the 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 head part of it is just really really bulbous um and uh, it looks a little uh, out of scale makes a good target yeah definitely especially with the x on it <laughs> and then uh, for weapon skins we have the uh the battle rifle uh, arctic skin and that was also part of the package deal with gamestop and the light rifle uh skin and you'll forgive me that i can't remember which one that was a part of um, I can't, I really can't recall that offhand, but, uh, so all of that though, for $50, if you either, if you either don't have the game, then it's a fantastic deal. Or if you have the game, but you have not bought any of the DLC, it's still a really good deal considering that each one of those map packs would have been $10 each plus, you know, so that would have been 40 right there because you had, you had Crimson Majestic castle and then champions so that would have been 40 right there so essentially you're paying 10 bucks more for all the extra stuff which i think is worth it you know for yeah, all that extra definitely. stuff that, that comes with it you know 
Um, the, uh, the imprint skin was from the Halo 4 Limited Edition. Oh, was it? Oh, yes. Oh, they're bastards. No, <laughs> no that's okay. <laughs> Weapon skins, I'm not really you know worried about. That's not that's not a big deal. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, that's a pretty decent deal. Now, of course, if you already have some of the DLC or whatever, then it's kind of your decision. Do you want to get it or not? Um, I am kind of on the fence about getting it because really the only things that I want from it are the Deadeye and the Raptor skin. Mm -hmm. I have everything else. So what I may... Oh, and and of course I want the uh, Avatar cloak for my my Avatar. But I have everything else. So if I get it, uh, I plan on then giving away the codes on, uh, on my website for everything else that uh you know that i already have so we'll see i'll I'll, uh i'll make that decision whenever uh whenever it comes out what do you got what do you guys are you planning on getting it or uh what do you think yeah i definitely i definitely want to get it just for the uh i really wanted to get the br skin the arctic yeah um so that's probably why why i'll be getting it okay that Whew, 50 bucks for a weapon skin Woo! well plus (laughs) the other armor stuff too but right right emblems and you know the avatar items i don't have i don't know how many of those i have but it'll be nice to have just some extra stuff sure certainly yeah. and you know i like the I box art go ahead that martin go I ahead definitely i think i'm missing a lot of the stuff to be honest i think i've only got a uh, living in australia we've only got like two major game stores that um that sold some of the stuff and so i'm missing a fair bit of it so it'd be quite worthwhile for me to get it anyway sure there you go and like I said, you look at the if you look at the um, the box art, um, it actually is reminiscent of uh, there was a graphic novel that came out, uh, and there were three different covers for it: uh, red, green, and blue. Uh, where it was pretty much the same thing. It was Master Chief's helmet in the visor. Instead of it being the Didax uh, Cryptum, like you see in the scheme of the year edition, it was uh, Cortana instead. But each helmet, one was green like Master Chief's, another one was more reddish in color, another one was more bluish in color for the team colors. So uh, so this is kind of reminiscent of that, so it's neat that we kind of get a little bit of a tie in that way as well. So Definitely. Yeah, so uh, I definitely recommend it for those of you those of you that don't have it, uh, don't have the game, those of you who have not get in, gotten any of the DLC, and again, uh, just depending on what you already have, what you may want. Um, what I would, what I would say is look to see what your friends may or may not have and see if you go in together and then just, uh, share the codes. Obviously it's, well, you know, you can only use the code once. So you take what you want, give your friends the other ones and there you go. Is it going to come with a bunch of codes, you think, or is it all going to be unlockable via the disc? On the- oh, yes. Ooh. That, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, I'd that, say with the amount of content, it would probably be on disc. Uh, oh, I don't know. It could be. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, it <laughs> it, be on codes. it's kind of weird with the, uh, you know, the avatar items and the themes. I could imagine those might be codes, but the other stuff I would think would be on, unlocked on the disc. Hmm. Oh, you got me second guessing now. <laughs> Tell you what, you buy it, you let okay. me know, <laughs> and we'll go from there. You know what, I'll have to pester 343 about that on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that essentially is the week in Halo. Uh, there are a bunch of other things we're going to talk about that kind of go along with the week in Halo, but they're a little bit more specific. So uh, first things first, Zach, you have some news on uh, PGL? 
Yeah, so um, this week, actually this weekend and last week was a big, uh, two big tournaments came to the finals. Um, and first, um, the team Ozone, which consists of O Smoked and O Monstrous beat Legendary for the 2500 Doubles North America finals. Cool. And then in with the addition of Ace winning the 200K from the Halo 4 Global Championships, Requiem, which he is also a part of, along with uh, Dursky, Legit, and Ninja, won the $10,000 4v4 um, North America Challenge. So he won $2,500 from that, just about. Yeah, you know, split between his teammates, plus that 200k. So it's it's been a pretty good uh, pretty good week for Ace. Yeah, I'd say. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, just 2,500 dollars alone would have been nice, but yeah. uh, who who really can't use 200 thousand dollars? You know, right? I mean, you'd have well, to be uber rich. Like, I, I think I, he tweeted that he was shocked at the American government tax system. Yeah, because I think he got like after taxes like one hundred and thirty thousand. But oh, still, yeah, that's not oh, bad. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's you know. To be honest with you, I'm surprised he even got that much. I thought usually they take about half. So really, you know, for that, uh, you know, okay, he he might be able to get some of that back in uh, in taxes though. Come uh, tax time. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> you you well, hope so. Yeah. Then again, who knows? But you know what? Still one hundred and thirty thousand. I couldn't sneeze at that. That'd be awesome. That's yeah. my mortgage paid for and then some. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm, I mean, the bracket that they had for the four v four was pretty large. Um, I want to say there was like thirty two different teams. Wow. Um, and then Requiem played Nighthawks, which is. No, nobody's. At least I haven't heard of them before. Um, and they beat them three to nothing. So, hmm. yeah, they seem like yeah. a a pretty uh, a tough team to beat right now. Yeah. Uh, anything more on PGL then? By the way, PGL means I I know what it means, but you state it for everybody else that might not know. Pro Gaming League, and that's where you get the PGL in your name. Yes, and you can check them out at progamingleague.com or on Twitter at pgl underscore insider cool cool all right uh the next thing here we're going to talk about our further impressions of ricochet specifically uh the the maps that they've now incorporated it in uh and uh spawns and all that other kind of stuff uh so what do you let's go ahead zach you start off you give me your uh, thoughts on uh on ricochet now with uh, the additional maps yeah, I mean, after finally getting back online from like a week and a half of not being online. Due to uh, Comcast? Due to Comcast, yes. <laughs> um, I, I I love the playlist. It's one of the things that I play primarily. Um, even if I'm playing alone, I'll play it. Um, the new maps, I definitely... The only one that I'm a big fan of is Haven. The other two, um, let's see, there's, there's uh, few, Solace, actually. Adrift... And I think I've played it on Skyline. Yes. Once. Yes. Skyline is probably my favorite. Um, it's super competitive, super small, and you have to be on the offense like most of the time. Yeah, and that's more of a running type of uh, a map for that. Yeah. You know Haven's you... fun. Haven's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but I feel like well, on Haven, a lot of the matches either if if you're <laughs> playing bad people, you dominate. If you play people who are similar skilled, it usually either ends it 
it ends in like a stalemate. It never like gets to the full time limit, right? Or, or not the uh, the score limit, rather. Right, right. Sure, sure. But then, if you're playing people that are uber good, then you get crushed. You know, and that's really kind of like any of them. But yeah. it's really it's really apparent when you're playing a team that either sucks or is just super skilled or is evenly matched. I mean, you know, there's times where we've gone into matches on in other game types where we're rel- relatively evenly matched. And because of our strategy, we can figure out how to uh, how to beat them. But right. uh, even in this, um, I think the biggest problems that I'm seeing uh, is uh, the spawning. Oh, God. You know, on Haven, it <laughs> yeah. seems like you either spawn... Uh, just you know, below the ramp uh, yep. at the original spawn, or uh, above the uh, the side lift there. And yeah. if another team has you cornered, they can just spawn kill the hell out of you, which you both know from earlier today. We played, and that happened to us a couple times. In fact, two games in a row, and that was uh, that was not so fun. No, but I then again, several. I think I got a kill atrocity just spawn camping. Yeah, the spawns there on yeah. Haven at least. Yeah. I mean, they either spawn ramp or window, so you just turn around and kind of go back and forth. Exactly. So yeah, we we've done our fair share of killing and being killed as well. Now, one thing that at least for myself that I've noticed um, with Haven. Uh, is that I am using parts of Haven or jumping off of parts of Haven that I never did before uh, in, before Ricochet came out. And I'm finding all these new things. Now, mind you, I've watched trick jumping videos and whatnot, uh, but because I use Jetpack primarily, I never really worried about it so much. But now I'm using Jetpack again over places that I never would have before. Um, and uh, and it's amazing how much more of the map that you can utilize now. Um We've been able to figure out some very good uh, ways to throw the ball into the goal from many different uh, positions on the map. Uh, I had one earlier today. Uh, I believe this was uh, Yumi and who else was it, uh, Zach? Was it Yumi and Gene or Yumi and uh, or was it with Yumi and Kiwi? But I, I threw it from our goal. You remember that from yeah. our side to theirs? Yeah, that, that was a sick throw. I couldn't yeah. believe that it went that yeah. far. You know, considering how it's weighted. One of those. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, that's one of my yeah, favorites. Um, go ahead, go ahead, Kiwi. Go ahead, Martin. Oh, you there? So it's pretty cool the way you can manipulate different areas of the map. Um, yeah. You mate, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you coming through a little fuzzy. Hello? Yep, I can hear you. Little technical difficulties. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah carry on, man, carry on. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, anyways... Um, uh, I definitely like Skyland as well. I like that it's uh, you know the smaller maps. I think work better for uh, for Ricochet. Um, right. Solus has not been picked much. I don't mind it no. though, and, and and I did expect it to be side to side like it was even before they showed it. Um, it's not bad. Um, having the uh, the uh, binary rifle on one side and the incineration cannon on the other side is quite interesting. I typically go for the incin, yeah. uh, but. Uh, I've been sniped with that binary, so I've learned to to go for that from time to time as well. But, uh, you know, that's not too bad of a map. The one that I definitely do not like is a drift. Uh, I don't like where the goal, the goal score is at. I don't like where the spawns are at. Yeah, it seems like you guys are uh, in unison on this one, huh? Yeah, we, we lost a game Absolutely. earlier. Yeah. And it was just like we couldn't get out of the spawn, and they were just, like, running it in. I mean, the spawns on that are just so apparently broken. Yes. And I actually <laughs> asked 
343 in a tweet about it, you know, and they said that they were looking into it already. So they already knew that there were some issues about it. But it does make you wonder how much playtesting went on this beforehand. You right. Know? So it makes you a little curious. Uh, but uh, beyond that, though, I think all, all three of our general opinion is that uh, Ricochet is just a, a fantastic game type and that, uh, you know, it plays well on uh, at least most of the maps that they've uh, they put it on. Uh, so the next thing then with that is, is there possible room for competitive Ricochet? And I know that, uh, Zach, you and myself and your buddy Fumbles uh, were talking about this previous as well. Um, I'd love to see it. Uh, that would be something that I would definitely want to get into then. If, yeah. if that would, came to the competitive uh, oh, realm. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I've, I've got the Ricochet League coming up here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I hope to get teams from all over the community. But if it was something that was able to become a competitive league for some actual money, uh, that would be great. Uh, you know, even if I wasn't the one running it, I would certainly want to put a team together to uh, to actually do that, you know, to be in it. Yeah. I mean, I saw yeah, in a, I, I saw in a tweet that uh, Ghostiami was working on settings for V5 uh, Throwdown to include Ricochet. Nice. Yeah, that's one of the things that I plan on talking to him about uh, with the land that's coming up this weekend. Uh, I've actually got a list of things that I'm going to talk with him about. Uh, if he'll uh, listen, if he'll hear me out. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we only have a short amount of time, so I don't want to... Hold up all of his yeah. time, but uh, but I hope that he'll uh, hear me out. At the very least, I'll give him a list of things. But uh, that's one thing that I want to talk to him about is, uh, you know, the settings for uh, Ricochet. Now, I don't mind that everybody has their own loadouts, but I think, you know, in this case, uh, it's certainly for competitive Ricochet, and I can see where, I can kind of see more now where the competitive uh, uh, leagues, you know, say that there should be some kind of standardized um settings i can kind of see that now uh although i think it should be a little bit more open in, in ricochet that shouldn't be you know solely like brs for instance or dmrs but uh uh there should be i don't think you should be allowed just anything in competitive ricochet uh besides it gives you an opportunity then then to learn uh the different settings and see which one your works the best for you yeah, I would be fine. Like at, yeah. at least on Haven, I noticed that the um, what was that blue blue side gets gets a sticky launcher. Yeah, sticky that. The other side only gets a needler. Yeah, that should be the same. Either either they should both be the either a needler both or sticky that both or just not neither. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see a version of Ricochet just like just BRs. Like just holy mm. vanilla, like Griff Ball is. <laughs> okay. Good idea. Okay, well, that certainly would be a com- competitive ricochet for sure. Yeah. Any other thoughts on those fellows on uh, ricochet? I take that no, as a no. I think, um, out, of all, out of all the games that I've played, I think uh, I still haven't played on Skyline. I've played a lot of ricochet, and I still haven't had one game on Skyline. It does not come up often. Yeah. No. That doesn't come up often. Certainly, uh, Haven, we have played to death. Yeah. Uh, Solus a oh, little yeah. bit. Solus a little bit. And Adrift, very minor. But, yeah, I think Scott and I've played it maybe twice yeah, since it's been once. out. And what's funny is, is then, then Pitfall. Obviously, you can play that in the Champions playlist. But I think I've only played it once in the actual Ricochet playlist. 
I haven't seen it come up at all. Yeah, it's come up once. Yeah. And and I think we didn't. I don't think we got it either. I think something else got voted on. Voted on, but eh, whatever. <laughs> okay, so the next topic I'm going to talk about this uh, this particular topic was directed at me, and uh, you know, you guys feel free to chime in when you want, but I really just kind of want to go over this. All right, so it was on, I posted this on the blog. Uh, the title of the article is Are Casuals Ruining Halo? Uh, and then I, I put LOL hardly, please read this. So what this is about is that uh, one day last week I was checking the statistics for my blog and I noticed that I was getting a spike uh, of hits that was coming from Beyond Entertainment. Now, before I go any further, by the way, I want to say that this, this whole part that I'm going to talk about, I have no beef with Beyond Entertainment. So let's get that straight. You know, in fact, uh, as I go on with this, you'll see that they actually did the right thing here. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, so I go to see what the spike is and I find out that it's a guy on their forums and I'm just not going to mention his name because there's no reason to even, you know, I don't want to give him any kind of credit for it and I don't want to drag anybody else into this. But anyways, the guy on their forums, um, uh, Basically, was calling me a troll and uh, and more other things, and uh, he was saying that uh, you know casuals like me are uh, are ruining the game. And uh, let's see if I can just kind of go over some of this. Okay, <laughs> so he, he says uh, he can't tell if I'm some kind of I'm paraphrasing by the way that if I'm some kind of elaborate elaborate troll. Uh, he says that some of my points are valid but uh, that I'm hung up on pros like they're the enemy or something. Okay, so let's get this straight. I have no problem with pro gaming. I do have a problem with some of the pros and their attitudes towards the rest of the community and towards 343 and that they kind of act like prima donnas. And that's something I'm not cool with. It's just a video game and you may have followers, but... You're not that special, okay? There are many people out there that play video games, whether they play competitively or not. And, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't take skill to be at the level that you're at. That's fine. But to, to have that, um, again, this is not for all of them, but to have the level of cockiness that some of them have is very off-putting. So yeah. when I watched the Global Championship last weekend, I was very happy to see what happened because... Out of the eight people that made it to the finals, only one person said anything that was a little bit cocky, but it wasn't that bad. The other ones, though, nothing cocky yeah. out of them. So I was very happy to see that. And that, that I can't say that it put my faith in pro gaming or gamers, but it certainly put it in the right direction. Right. But then this came out afterwards, and so this is what kind of bothers me. Then this guy says it. Um, uh, he says, you know, this just shows how out of touch casuals are. MLG doesn't even carry Halo anymore. Now, of course, I know that. In fact, I refer to AGL when I mention uh, pro gaming for the most part. Although there are times if I say MLG, as I said in my response to him, MLG, just saying saying that is kind of like when you use the word Kleenex, when really it's just a tissue, but most people say Kleenex. Or, for instance, they'll say a Xerox when they actually just mean a photocopy. It's using the brand name to describe what it is. So that's kind of the same thing in this respect. So, you know, I know MLG is not 
uh, with Halo anymore. So, you know, get over that, guys, okay? So, anyways, he says that uh, I come off as being butt hurt because I suck. Um, first of all, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really? butt hurt. Okay, and I don't think I suck at the game. I, I think I'm actually above average. I'm not going to say I'm pro level, that's for sure. Uh, but I am certainly above average, and I know a lot more about the game than somebody that's just uh, just picking it up for the first time, you know. And even mm-hmm. players that have been playing it for a while, you know. Um, you guys have seen that I've had some, you know, some very, very good games. Uh, but on average, you know, I, I do pretty good for myself. Um, in objective games now, you guys both know... I don't give a shit about KD, boss. you know. You're boss in objective. You always have been. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Since you and I have been playing in Halo 3, you know that. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with, uh, you know, uh, meat shielding for somebody or running in, even if it's a matter of just touching the flag just enough to reset the timer, you know. But you know, you remember as well, Zach, uh, when we were playing in Halo 3, how many times, uh, oh, there's two maps in particular. Uh, for Valhalla, I would take a mongoose, Usually it was like Hawkeye and I. We would take yeah. a mongoose from our base, go to the other base, get the flag, come back, and we'd get it. Yeah. You know. Um, and then on uh, on standoff, how many times I would be able to oh, sneak man. into their base without them knowing, grab that flag, go down the, to the basement, and come out that side? You know, usually somebody was there waiting with a uh, mongoose, and there we went, and we got the flag. Now, how many times did that happen? You know, yeah. you know that huh. happened a lot. So much nostalgia, man. Oh, yeah. So, oh. you know, we we didn't call it strategies back then. We just knew that that's what we did. Right. You know, that's everybody had their roles, and, and that's we played our roles, and we played them well. And we right. won a lot of uh, stuff like that. My KD suffered, but again, I could give a crap about KD. You know, right. so so for anybody to say I'm butthurt on that, they are they definitely don't know me. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so anyways... Uh, let me see here. He says he makes it out as if some players only play multiplayer and that's why they're good. Uh, no, but it feels like, and it seems like, and what I read, uh, it seems like a lot of those that tout themselves to be like pros, whether they actually are pros or are competitive, that's all they ever seem to talk about. And there's a lot more to Halo than just multiplayer. Um, I know the competitive community, and by that I mean those that are slanted more towards the pro side, even if they're not pros themselves, uh, they are not a big fans of Spartan Ops, and I love it. Uh, you know, they're not, they don't really talk much about campaign, and again, I enjoy campaign. Uh, those won't necessarily keep your interest uh, for as long as multiplayer, but you shouldn't shut that part of it out either. That is part of halo right. um now he says the saddest thing is, is i represent the majority of the vocal casual community <sighs> casual community okay so once again from both of you you know it's like an oxymoron yeah almost. i am not oh, yeah. i'm not casual uh in fact one of the guys that posted uh on there and i can't remember exactly you read it earlier zach but one of the guys basically said that once you get to the point that you're on forums talking about the game, you're no longer casual. Now, so my response then uh, to him, uh, and hang on a second here. Let me just load this up and take a second here. Oh, God, that is so small. I'm not going to be able to read it. Okay. So my response to him uh, essentially says... Uh, 
hold on, just trying to find that point. Okay, so my response uh, to him was that basically, I, you know, I'm not casual that, uh, oh, I just lost my place, god damn it. <laughs> well, okay. I'll, I'll just paraphrase because it, I don't want to take forever on this. But uh, for somebody to call me casual, if being casual means that um, I play multiplayer, I play Spartan Ops, I play the campaign, I created a comic book for each one of the episodes of Spartan Ops, made it into a graphic novel, which was 300 pages long. Okay. I've created a uh, the, the podcast here that we're speaking from, the yeah. Ricochet League, which is coming up. I'm going to have a forum, and soon, next month, I'll have a web series. If all of that means I'm casual, okay. But I don't think so. You know? Clearly not. I think all of that kind of proves that I am far beyond being a casual person or a casual gamer within the game. And I know some might argue to say, well, just because you have all that other stuff doesn't mean you're competitive. Again, just look at the history, play with me, and you'll see. I do all the call-outs. You know, I mean, Zach, you know from when you first met me, when I was in that other group, what was I doing? I was holding call-out sessions. You don't do that if you're casual. Yeah, no. You know, I was holding call-out sessions. To me, to me, a, to me, a casual, to me, a casual gamer is someone who will pick up a title, play it once, maybe twice a week, casual. It's the definition of casual. It's every once in a while. It's not yeah. someone who dedicates the majority of their time and, and effort in life right. devoted to a game. That's not the definition of casual. And, right. and they just play it for fun. And, and, and while we play it for fun, their fun is just kind of, oh, I'm just playing, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know. Um, you, you know, all three of us, uh, you know, I'm... I call out a lot of stuff, and, you know, if a tactic needs to be changed and we're not doing something right, I will, you know, I'll say, hey, let's, you know, let's flank them from this side or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, uh, you know, the guy needs to kind of, uh, he needs to get educated first. You know, he, right. he tried to call me out. And what's funny about this is he tried to call me out on Beyond Entertainment's site instead of coming to me when... You know, he obviously went to my site and saw what I posted. And instead of sending me an email or, you know, sending a tweet or something like that, he goes to Beyond Entertainment, where, of course, since the majority there, and again, this is nothing on Beyond Entertainment, but this is the fact of it, the majority on Beyond Entertainment are more on the competitive pro side. So, of course, he expected to get a lot of people to side with him. Yeah. It's funny when you go to the thread, mm. not everybody did, though. Yeah. You know, some of them did, of course, to be expected, but not everybody did. But so he wants to call me out and he says, I need to get a pair. Of, uh, I need to grow a pair of balls. OK, let's let's look at that, too. OK, I went on to that site, which some might say, and again, nothing on Beyond Entertainment, but some might say I went to the lion's den because I, being the one being called out and being considered the casual gamer, goes into the den where it's all competitive gamers and I faced him. You know, now that thread, by the way, was already locked before I got there. And that's where I say Beyond Entertainment did the right thing. They closed it, you know, locked it down before anybody else could post anything. So I appreciate what they did. That was very good of them to do. Um, so I started an introductory thread and essentially took it to task with him about all the stuff that he was saying to me. But to say that I don't have a pair of balls or that they need to drop or whatever the case is, 
I will point out again that all the shit that I took for that issue with Connor White back in, you know, a couple weeks ago uh, from some of the other, uh, you know, community members and so on, I put myself out there. I put the blog's reputation and everything about it out there because I did what I felt was right. That took a lot of balls, whether you believe it or not. So if you don't think I have a set of them, if you don't think I have a set of them, you go ahead and you come and talk to me about it. So (laughs) anyways, so the the point being then is are casuals ruining the game? Uh, No, no. You know who's ruining the game? It's not even, it's not competitive either. No, it's the developer. Yeah, And as much as I hate to say it, because I love 343, I want to see them succeed. I've said that numerous times on my blog. Um, And you know what? And I have to be honest here. I don't even think it's fully 343's fault either. It's really above them. It's Microsoft that pushed them to get this game done sooner than it should have been put out there. You know, they were trying to work on... Uh, they were trying to fix parts of Reach. Uh, it's obvious now that they were also doing something with Spartan uh, Assault. Um, you know, they're working on Halo 4. And now, because of the short timeline, we figure that they're probably already working on Halo 5 as well. So they were pretty limited on how much they could really do and how much they could put in. So when you start to put things in perspective, what we got then uh, at, Halo, at the launch of Halo 4... Uh, was about all they really could do at that point because of their hands being forced. I'm talking about 343, their hands being forced by Microsoft. Now, that's not to say that 343 didn't make some bad decisions, and they've even said that. You know, But to say say that again? I'll say, of course they have. Right. So, but to say that Casual was ruining the game, uh, again, I'm not a spokesman for the Casual community. I'm not a spokesman for the competitive community i'm a spokesman for halo fan for life.com that's why i have my blog because it is my opinion only and i don't have to worry about anybody else telling me what the hell i can say you know where i can say it or whatever it is my blog and that's what i believe in if you like me for it you find entertainment for it please come back if you don't like what i say that's up to you you know uh you know i'm not going to be butt hurt quote unquote you know, my, my blog, as I've said before, has never been about numbers. You know, I appreciate and I love the fact that I'm getting a lot of people following me. It's great. But the, the blog's never been about numbers. It's been about the opportunity to uh, to get my own opinion out there, uh, to grow, to learn things from Halo, uh, to be able to uh, meet more people from uh, other Halo communities and so on. And and. Aside from Halo, it's also given me an opportunity to learn more about design and so on. So there's a lot more to the blog uh, than just that. But again, uh, I'm by far not a casual person, and I, but it's not anything against casuals either. Yeah. So yeah. that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, oh, except, except, don't you know that after I posted my article... And I took screenshots of both uh, his reply or his his thread as well as my reply. Don't you know that I got a friend request from him on Xbox? <laughs> now you tell me who was being the troll there. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You know, I mean, I, I really don't like that. There's sure there is some people who are casual Halo players, but I mean, from from you like from. 
for you, you're not a casual person. You're a hardcore fan. Yes. You know? And I, I think I think the good thing about Halo is what this person doesn't realize. And, you know, this, this is the part of the competitive community that's not that's not positive is that with Halo, there's always something for every sort of player. Yes. You know? Exactly. And, and like, yeah. this, this post doesn't even make sense. It's like, you know, it's saying that, oh, you know... You know, telling them that everything they do is brilliant on the Waypoint forums. No, I mean, you've wrote oh. several blog articles and tweets about, like, how 343 and Microsoft mainly didn't live up to what we had hoped right. Halo 4 would be. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I've said it before, and you guys know it, too. I don't kiss anybody's ass. Uh, I'm not yeah. a yes man, and I never will be. And that may hold me back from some things. But what it doesn't hold me back from is my own feeling of dignity. Whatever that definition is for anybody else, I have my own feeling of self-worth through that because I know that I'm sticking to my guns and I stand up for what I believe is right. Now, whether I'm right or not, again, that's going to be in the eyes of somebody else. They can think that I'm right or wrong or whatever, but I'm sticking up for what I believe in. So if it means that I have to take it to task with an individual a uh, developer, another community, or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Now, it's not to necessarily pick a fight, okay? But if I don't make my opinion known, at least through my own blog, um, then I'm kind of remaining quiet about things. And if there's a possibility to change things for the better for the game and for the franchise, then I want to say it. I want to get it out there. And for all of those literally thousands of people uh, that come to the site, go through Twitter and see my site or for, through Facebook. Uh, for all of those people, uh, I think that I owe it to them to, uh, to be open and honest about my opinions. So, uh, yes, you, you won't see me uh, kissing up. Now, of course, there'll be times where I'll say, you know, 343 did this well or they were great about this. Well, yeah, I give them praise when they deserve praise or what I think they deserve praise on. But I also, you know, give them a little bit of hell whenever I think they screwed up, you know. Yeah. And I think that's that should yeah. that should be everybody's uh, opinion, you know. But Definitely. You know, that's that's me. OK, now, now that I think we're done with that part, let's get on to uh, <laughs> that's my own my own rant there. Um, but let's get on to something uh, that is a little bit related in that it is uh, an interview that was on GameSpot.com. Uh, it was by a guy named Rob uh, Breslau, I believe is how you pronounce it. He interviewed Frank O'Connor on the future of competitive Halo. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to read the questions and then the answers and then you guys feel free to uh, chime in on what you you know think about the uh, the answer that Frank gave. Okay, now let me just quickly read uh, some of this beforehand. Uh, so uh, obviously Frank O'Connor is the franchise development director at Three Four Three, and um, let's see. Uh, this weekend uh, at PAX was uh, of course, or the last weekend was uh, the Halo Four Global Championships, and uh, it was the first time that Three Four Three put on an event of that scale. Um, 
uh, they say that more than $500,000 was given away over the course of the championship. Now, it wasn't $500,000. It was $500,000 worth of prizes and money because a lot of that was actually like Avatar stuff, games, that kind of stuff. 300000 of that uh, was what was given away at the finals. So 200000 of that was actually given away through the rest of the time, and most of it was actually digital uh, assets. So it wasn't, you know, I don't know how you want to quantify that. But anyway, so they spoke with Frank O'Connor, uh, and the first thing uh, that was asked is, this is the first time that you've hosted a championship event. Why do this now? What is your intention? So Frank says, from a very high level, it's just a good way to continue to sustain the game in the first half of its lifespan. Now, that's key. Remember that. Uh, as yeah. you well know... We've always had a competitive community and a fairly gregarious and active one. I think one of the issues about that is it tends to be Team Slayer pros only. We wanted to really provide the broader base uh, with a way to enter that had some meaning. And at the same time, maybe get them interested in the higher-end competitive scene. The basic premise being that anybody can enter and that anybody has a shot at winning something. And, of course, they're going to watch the better players and the pros rise to the top here. I think the biggest difference is that this one is so broad-based, it concentrates more on individual play rather than team play. It's a significant hurdle for people to enter uh, something as mainstream as this. Getting a good team together is probably the single hardest aspect. Okay, so let's go over his answer a little bit. Uh, he says that the first half of the game's lifespan. So right there, if he's saying that, that gives us an idea that the game's only been out a year, not even quite a year yet, so it's only got another year to go, and Halo 5 should be out. And yeah, they're good, considering good. the game then to, they're considering Halo 4 to essentially go away. It won't go away. They'll support it, of course, but that, you know, it's not going to be the new game come this time next year or relatively. Uh, you know, just just a slight tangent on that. Did you know that they um, Microsoft basically said that they're only going to support the 360 for three more years anyway? Yeah, regardless? yeah. You know, I should I should have mentioned that too. Yeah, that's that's something to think about too. Uh, that's uh, for 2016. There are certain games out there. This is not Halo related, but certain games out there that are um, always online type of games. Uh, for instance, uh, Defiance was one that came out uh, recently, the last few months. But the big one being Destiny. And if the 360 is only going to be supported until 2016, you have to yeah. think then those people that were thinking about getting Destiny for the 360 are going to think twice about that now because, you know, if they know they're only going to have three more years in the game and that's a 10-year project... Do they really want to get it for the 360? So that means they might be geared more towards getting it for the Xbox One, or they might shift and go to the PS4 altogether. So isn't it strange? Isn't it strange that they kind of they've gone three years from now, whereas like such as like the PlayStation Two was carried on being supported up until only a few years ago. Yeah. So what are they? What are they saying about? They're basically just going to throw and push everyone into their next generation console, whether they like it or not. Which yeah, kind of sucks. But. Well, I mean, it kind of the same thing happened with uh, the Xbox. Um, you know, it took a while for that, but you know, three years, I guess, is reasonable. But when you have some games that, uh, again, putting out Destiny for one, that are going to be much longer than that, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a kick in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, that's it. But uh, but anyway, so. Frank saying that uh, uh, this was to appeal to a broader player base. 
uh, you know, that they would see the pros rise to the top. Okay, <sighs> I find that kind of laughable because, yes, while anybody can play in it, I learned from the very first day when I saw the leaderboards, somebody had, I think, I think, what was it? It was it's just an ungodly amount. It was like 30 wins the first day. 31st place yeah. finishes the first day. And I thought, there is no way in hell I'm ever going to be able to compete in this. So I didn't even bother to play. You know, yeah. it's it's it was not something for, I mean, yes, anybody can play in it. Okay, yes. So technically, you're right. But can anybody actually, you know, really have a legitimate shot? No. That really is for those that are really, really good. And, and of course, it's a competition and it makes sense. But here's the part that I didn't like, and I, I didn't really want to bring this up again, but uh, this goes back to some of the issues that I had with the way that the contest was run. I didn't like that they invited people in. That competition, yeah. I thought, was going to be RTX, GamesCon, and the online qualifiers only. And that would have been it. And I would have been fine then with whoever came through from that, except for Connor White. But anyways. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, you see some of the people that actually got the invites. And there's a guy right. named Cosplay who tweeted, <clears throat> it's because I'm Master Chief. And he got an invite. Yeah. Whereas people have a community blog like yourself. Uh, who, I, didn't get, I didn't get anything. That's what I mean. And so you're going to give it to a guy who dresses up, but yeah. you're going to give it to a guy who actually does more for your for your game and, and, and fiction than anyone else. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I, that's okay. Yeah. I'm over. I mean, there's two sides. I think there's two sides to that argument. I, it, it definitely doesn't make sense that they would invite people who didn't qualify because then the people who did qualify kind of like belittles their effort that they put into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But in, but in the same sense, it's like the people who got invited probably won't make it very far either. Well, so. it's kind of half of that because yeah. because there was uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but let's just say it's half and half just for the sake of argument that yeah. half were half were for the regular community. You know, like I know Potacular got some invites, uh, RUL got some invites. There was a bunch of communities that got them, and they gave them to their members or staff or whatever, you know, uh, and a lot of those got to go. But then there were the other ones like uh, Beyond Entertainment and some other sites that they gave them to pro uh, pro players. And if you look, if I'm not mistaken, and I think I mentioned this in last week's podcast, all the eight, the, the Elite Eight, uh, were all people that were invited. I don't believe, and I could be wrong on it, but I don't believe any of them were actually ones that got through. I know they weren't part of the Gamescom qualifiers. None of them were part of the RTX qualifiers. And I don't think any of them were uh, online qualifiers either. So if that's the case, then that means really the rest of, you know, all three of those didn't matter because, you know, <laughs> you, you just had invites from pros anyways who ended up winning. So yeah. I don't know. That, that's, you know. Well, I think, I think Ace did place on the online no qualifier. he was he was invited was he yeah he was invited but anyways so yeah. you know all right I let's mean, get on the go ahead it, I, I think it's just a way to just push the whole entire tournament to make it more popular sure sure and i understand you know you want to say that you have the best players in it and all that but if you're going to do that then you you need to make more spots open during the online qualifying part so that more people, more of the pros could have made it in, you know? Right. Um, 
So, all right, let's go down. There's a lot of questions, so let's kind of just go through these kind of quickly. Uh, many in the competitive community were a bit put off by this tournament being free-for-all, considering there is a 9- to 10-year history of 4v4 competition. Uh, why not add 4v4 to the tournament? Why was the decision uh, made to strictly do uh, free-for-all in 1v1? All right, um, before I even read that answer, uh, I don't know if the, the person who wrote this is a competitive kind of person, but that seems more like a typical answer that I would hear from somebody, or a question I would hear from somebody in the com competitive community. 343 can do whatever the hell they want with their competition, especially when they've got so much money on the line. If they decide they want to do it free-for-all, then it's free-for-all, okay? If they want to do it 4v4, they'll do it 4v4. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so let's do, let's hear uh, Frank's answer. He says, "This isn't going to be our only tournament. I think people tend to think of tournaments as annual beats where you get one big event and certainly the next thing we're going to do is obviously looking at teams." This is a way to get people who are out, out for the summer break or maybe not even paying attention uh to this kind of thing an access point excuse me, an access point to get them interested so that when we do stuff later on, maybe even later this year, then we can have them interested in the idea of competitive play, period. Uh, as you know, the competitive community, while it's, a, while it's big as an idea, a concept, and a population on a per-game basis, uh, pro teams and good teams represent a fairly small fraction, let me repeat that again, a fairly small fraction of the overall <laughs> user base. Uh, and that was me repeating, not Frank. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're trying to give a method of entry and on-ramp uh, on being interested in the competitive community to all of our players so that no one is being left out of this. From what we've seen in terms of feedback is that even team players are really interested to see how some of their better players do individually in this kind of format. It throws people's habits and expectations a little bit. Okay, so right there he does... Uh, acknowledge the fact that uh, the competitive community, and it's really hard to define what you want to call the competitive community. I think we really, you know, I'm not going to be the one to say I'm defining what it is now, uh, but I think we really need to look at it as the uber competitive ones, specifically pros, but even those that that li like them or make themselves akin to being a pro. Um you know, the most of the forums that are out there are not uh, a pro-level kind of a, a forum. They're, uh, you know, they're more, uh, uh, and I hate to use the word casual, but they're more casual in their talk about the game. It doesn't mean that they're not competitive when they play the game. So there's a big difference there. Um, but when he says that about it being a fairly small fraction of the overall user base, um, I kind of found that a little bit funny. Yeah. Anything you guys want to add in there? Well, it is very true. I mean, it is, it is a small fraction of the entire population. Um, I, I hate that he keeps using these terms like on-ramp and accessible and yeah. stuff like that. It reminds me of that developers conference where they had that horrible, horrible image. Yeah, yeah, Josh. Uh, oh, gosh, I forget his name now. But, the, yeah, the, the the creative director for Halo 4, yeah, he had that uh, that graphic up, and it was a, a guy in a wheelchair and uh, making it more accessible to gamers. That that was really off the mark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, is it just me or does it seem like I could be completely wrong? 343 and Microsoft are trying to aim towards having their own uh, bi-monthly pro gaming circuit. 
that's what it seems like to me. It seems like they're, even though they're cross-promoting AGL, it seems like they've got bigger ideas that, okay, we're going to kind of spin it off ourselves. We're going to keep all our money for ourselves and promote it through Microsoft. Mm. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know about my, by monthly. I can see this being something like twice a year, maybe a free-for-all one year, you know, one one time, and then team the, the next time, or maybe even quarterly, uh, you know, and just doing it like that. Uh, yeah, I could see quarterly, yeah. You know. Quarterly, uh, yeah. That's that would be cool, simple, you know. Yeah. And then if they did it quarterly, well, then, uh, you know, then you have to say, well, what what are the different events? You know, one could be free-for-all, one could be 4v4, another one could be 2v2, and then what do you make, uh, what do you make the last one? Maybe Ricochet? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you make it, do you make it international still? Do yeah, you, right. Do you just keep it, uh, what do you call it, US-based? Space side, yeah. Big, right. Thing as well, yeah. I, I think as well, the reason for doing a free-for-all and not a 4v4 is that a free-for-all is way more easier to get people registered than a 4v4 and keep track of games and everything like that. Right. Yeah, and he does go sure. into that a little bit to state that, you know, uh, it does get tough getting, you know, a, a four-person team together and keeping them consistently playing with each other. Um, you know, that's why, you know, obviously some of the better 4v4 pro teams out there do as well as they do because they, they continue to play with each other for long periods of time. Uh, let me go, let's just try and get through these because really there's still a lot more here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if they're, if they're not really pertinent, you guys let me know and we'll just pass to the next question. In the last two years, we've seen developers Riot and Blizzard launch their own season-based events, the League Championship Series and World Championship Series, and Valve has an international event for Dota 2. Uh, how do you see this type of tournament growing? Where do you want to position yourselves on the future for, or on this event for the future? And then Frank says, uh, we don't have any specific announcements for the next year on what uh, that looks like, but we're basically internally building plans for how to keep this competitive activity going. I wish we could talk more, but we have partners and plans being built. I think also in the wake of some of the stuff we're adding with the championship bundle, our champions bundle, and you think about the new mode ricochet, it's actually something we'd like to get teams interested in as well. So right there, he's saying, you know, uh, possibly competitive ricochet, which I like the idea of that. Uh, Anyways, he goes on to say, we'll be looking at, uh, at how we use the new content. Uh, how do we use a new, a newly sort of engaged competitive audience and what's the right thing to do for them? We may not even have to wait till next year. This is a game we intend to sustain and promote for the foreseeable future. Uh, really not much more we can expound upon there other than what I said about uh, potentially, you know, competitive ricochet. Uh, okay, so next question. Uh, do 343 have a preliminary idea of where they want to take this? For example, paying players' salaries and holding control or letting the community dictate what will happen. Now, I don't know about you guys, but are there any... Uh, Places that pay competitive players salaries. Oh, yeah. Are there? Wow. I, I, I think I think I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know at least for some of these other like um, Dota 2 and like the Starcraft 2, like esports in general, apart from Halo, is huge. Yeah, yeah. Like if you follow StarCraft and League of Legends and Dota 2 and even Black Ops even, um, there's so, so much money to be made. And I think Microsoft and 343 realize mm-hmm. how much money to be made it, it is, it is in there. I'm not sure about, like, players' salaries. Right. I 
I know that there's different, like there's complexity gaming and like fanatic and stuff like that. And, uh, mm. ambush was actually on one of those. And I can't remember what it was. It was pulse esports. I think that's, that's what their original team name was. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's different like companies and stuff like that, that will actually like sponsor and pay mm-hmm. for players to go to these events and compete. Well, that's what I think they do anyways. I think what this guy was trying to say is that with three, four, three, uh, pay players, you know, salaries. Um, cause yeah, most of the teams out there now they're, they get sponsored even with, uh, like AGL and so on. Yeah. All right. So let me read Frank Frank's response. It says, I think it's always, especially when you're talking about emergent competitive activity, it's always better to let the community take some lead in defining what game modes that they're interested in and defining what kind of tournament framework works best for them. Uh, this one is interesting in that the, it's a way to get people who are ordinarily, uh, don't pay much attention to the scene to actually get them playing, uh, paying attention and that it's an enjoyable thing to watch just get them to uh, get them into watching these streams and getting into it as a sport and then hopefully sweep some of those people up as we do more and more tournament uh, engagement in the future uh, so then the interviewer says uh, virgin gaming was announced to be the partner to run this year's championship uh, major league gaming or, or mlg began with halo and was synonymous with halo uh, with the halo community for a very long time some are surprised that MLG was not chosen uh, to be running the event. Could you explain why MLG was not involved in this and why Virgin Gaming was chosen? So Frank says, We as Halo don't have any exclusive arrangements with Virgin. This is the tournament that we're running right now. The platform Xbox has a relationship with Virgin, and so obviously it made sense for us to partner with those guys since they were building tech and structure around Xbox. As for MLG, MLG always used Halo as the game they chose, so we let them use it free of charge, and they build tournaments around it. I think as they've grown, they've become obviously a much more successful pro-oriented league. Uh, I love to work with MLG again in the future, and there's nothing actually preventing that. It's more about what they're interested in and what they want to get out of it. We worked with them for the launch of Halo 4, and it was really fun. We'd be happy to work with them again in the future. Zach, let's hear your thoughts. You're more on the pro, pro side of that. Yeah, I I I think this was a very cryptic answer from him. Uh-huh. He he <laughs> he sounds really salty at what happened between MLG and 343. Yes. Um, and I don't necessarily believe him when he says that they don't have an exclusive arrangement with Virgin. Right. I, I believe yeah. I believe that there was some sort of contract or money exchanged to Virgin and MLG was not involved in that now it could be that since other games are more popular than halo that mlg would go with them as their quote-unquote flagship let me interrupt you here let me interrupt you let me ask you something when was it that mlg dropped halo from their tournaments it was after Virgin. It was after Virgin was yeah, announced as, yeah. as the next tournament. Okay, yeah. MLG, what was, MLG was running with what, Halo. What until, month? What month? Uh, uh, the thing, yeah. What month? Do you know? Um, it was, it was like this? a month after launch, wasn't it? Was it that soon? Yeah, it was. Okay, it wasn't or January. Far away. Yeah, it was. It was really quick. Yeah, yeah. It was really the, quick. The reason why I ask that is, is if you guys recall, uh, there was that uh, that. Uh, online tournament that happened at the beginning of the year and that they were promoting that, uh, in, uh, in December. So 
that right there, you know, uh, kind of tells you that tells more of the story. You know, yeah, they had yeah. something going with that, Virgin yeah. then, and that's when MLG basically said, "Well, the hell with you. You're not going to work with us, so we're done with you." Yeah, and that's why I don't. That's why I don't necessarily believe his answer that they don't have anything exclusive with Virgin. I think yeah. they really do have something exclusive with Virgin. I mean, even with Halo Reach, Reach wasn't all that popular with the competitive community until they got like. I think it was MLG version nine or something. Yeah. But still, there was an MLG playlist in Halo. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they were still playing. They were still playing free for all. Um, Halo Reach at, at most events for MLG right up until the uh, end of its life. So yeah. I don't know. It's, there, there's definitely something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, right. I think uh, this was a very um, um, PC answer for him. Right. Yeah, exactly. and we exactly. see that a little bit later here, too. All right, let me try and roll through some more. Uh, why did you decide in the end to go with Virgin as opposed to running it all yourself? Uh, the honest answer, and this is Frank now answering, the honest answer is that Virgin scales better than we do, and they know what they're doing. <laughs> well, that's good to good to hear him say that. Anyways, whereas we know the game inside and out, uh, and we know the basics of tournament structure, but we have a lot of other things on our plate, including a next-gen a next gen game. Uh, so working with a partner who can help share the burden of that work and provide us with expertise that we don't necessarily have, which goes both ways, also makes sense. Uh, again, kind of sounds very PC in that. All right, next question. Uh, unless you have something. You have something? No? Yeah. Uh, no. I, 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 mean, I, I can wait to the end. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, all right. No, uh, no, I might go for it, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that I didn't even know Virgin was... This was actually a tournament with Virgin. Oh, I thought yeah. it was something that 343 was putting on. You know, oh, no. Until the finals when they were like, oh, Halo, you know, 343 and Virgin, you know, gaming. I was like, I didn't even think they were a part of this. Yeah, so, they are. They are. Cool. All right, next question. Uh, one of the in-game features that pushed esports and competitive gaming the most over the years has been spectator mode. This is a feature that's absent from Halo and has been requested by the community quite often. Why hasn't this been implemented? And then Frank says, we take that, that aspect of the game tech very seriously. The honest answer is that when you're building a game, you have finite resources, finite people, finite time, more importantly. Sometimes something's got to give. Spectator mode, a true spectator mode, is something that we took very seriously in development. Work continues to go ahead on several aspects of the game in terms of competitive play, but we just didn't have the time or resources to do everything that we wanted to do. Now that said, we're a fully formed team now. We understand our capabilities and scale of our operation a lot better than we did when we first formed to take uh, over the Halo franchise. Competitive play, spectator mode, any kind of video-based or tournament-based activity is something we're taking very seriously for the future. Being careful not to uh, promise anything, you can take it for, for granted that something uh, that we'd love to put in last time uh, should be applied to what we want to do for the next game in the next Halo series. Or in the Halo series. Uh, so... You know, he, I don't know if he's really saying spectator mode's going to be in there, but one thing I thought was kind of oh, funny, yes. he says, is that you know they were they were limited in scope on uh, on their resources. Really, I don't know what that means. You know, you, you're you're part of Microsoft. You know, um, yeah, you so, basically have unlimited resources. I mean, yeah, pr pretty much. Yeah, you know, unless Microsoft said, "Look, this is your budget. You're sticking to it, and whatever you get done, you get done," which I could see Microsoft doing. 
Um, oh, by the way, there was another half of that answer I didn't read, so let me read that quickly. Uh, the Halo engine is built on years and years of, of legacy stuff, and it's frankly not all that easy to make significant changes to it. We've done it in the past, but it's a tremendous amount of work, and in some ways the effort and invention that we wanted to apply to that type of code and features is probably better spent forward-facing. It's not to say it will never happen, but bluntly speaking, we should be spending our resources for the future and not for the past. I wish it was in there. Uh, actually, he should have said for the present because, you know, yeah. you know, uh, yes, okay, you're looking at Halo 5 or whatever you guys want to call it cryptically. Uh, but, you know, we've seen with the Champions Bundle that they can add things. They added a new game mode. Uh, something we thought wouldn't have been possible uh, is adding armor, more armor skins, more weapon skins, and yet they did it. Yeah. So it makes people really wonder why isn't it capable now to add in some of these other things. Um Okay, so let's uh, go to the next question. Something like spectator mode that just wasn't feasible to do with current technology. Uh, what uh, what types of features focused on competitive and esports have you been thinking about for the next Halo? Uh, he says, "I'm not in a position to talk about future features outside of a purely holistic perspective." What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, when I hear the word holistic, you know, I think of like holistic medicine or something mm-hmm. like that, and just. Oh, that, I don't know. That's just, I have no freaking clue what he means there. Uh, but anyways, he says, and it's something we take very seriously. Uh, we're building both our staff and our experience and knowledge in that realm, and you should expect our support for the competitive community and the competitive scene will improve for the future. But that doesn't really say exactly what they're going to do. And he obviously says that he can't say what it is they're doing. But, you know, you can't yeah. give a little nugget. You can't just throw a bone or something, you know. Yeah, give I mean, something to get excited. You know, uh, you know, I mean, okay, we're talking, we know the next game's going to be out next year. Uh, maybe September, maybe November, whenever. But it's essentially a little over a year away from now. You couldn't just start giving us a little information, you know. But anyways, okay. Next question is, the Halo franchise has such a rich competitive history throughout the years at Bungie up until now. Esports and competitive gaming has grown so much in just the last few years. How does 343 view this industry in its current state, especially with a game like Halo? He says... I think it's a combination of both ends of the spectrum. I think we want to make the multiplayer and competitive game more accessible to people. There's that word again. At the same time, we want to take the core community much more seriously. Halo is lucky in a way that those things don't necessarily conflict with each other. Hmm. I don't know about that. (laughs) Considering what we just talked about in the previous article in this podcast. Anyways, we're able to create a vision and a version of the game on the far end of the skill spectrum for pro players that works beautifully. If you watch it in tournament, uh, when it's being properly narrated, it's a very elegant and challenging experience. There's a lot of first-person shooters where it's like, bang, you're dead, and then there's no exciting-looking engagement. I think that it that can be very difficult for players at the lower end of the skill range in those games. Halo, on the other hand, I think anybody can watch an engagement by high-end players and understand what the skill level they're observing is and see it fairly exciting, tense gameplay. I like watching competitive Halo more than a lot of other games. Uh, To be honest, I've watched something like StarCraft, and I can tell something awesome is happening, but I can't necessarily understand at a glance what's happening. And I think Halo is a little bit more like a fighting game in that regard. It's very watchable. We'll be thinking about that in the future, too. We'll definitely always want to support the game's tradition of gameplay systems and playlists from normal to high-skilled players. So, in all of that, uh, the question wasn't answered. He basically says... um, 
How does 343 view this industry, meaning esports, in its current state, especially with a game like Halo? He completely bypassed anything yeah. to do with esports. He just did not answer the question. Yeah, pre-scripted, pre-scripted yeah, answers. Kind of sounds like it's, it's, he had a good opportunity to reach out to a good yeah. group of people, but he just didn't. Right, right, and that's that's kind of disappointing, you know. Uh, that was a perfect opportunity for them to say something. And, you know, who's tying his hands to say you can't say that? Um, at 343, if I'm not mistaken, he's the head honcho. The yeah. only other person I think that might be higher than him would be Bonnie Ross. Yeah. And I don't think that she would hamper him. So I'd have to think then it's either he's just choosing not to say something or Microsoft, again, above him is saying, you're not saying anything until we say you can say something. In either case, it just doesn't make sense. You know, you've got enough people out there that want to see something more happen with esports, uh, you know, that, um, you know, especially with this with this uh, uh, championship now being done. Now, I'm not sure if this uh, uh, article took place before the championship or not, but, you know, it would be nice to hear something. You know, yeah. a little bit more, you know, about what uh, some plans are for the future. Uh, I hope that they're not as cryptic or as sparse with the information uh, coming with Halo 5 as they were with Halo 4. Uh, you know, I, I know they wanted to, sp to spread out the information so they didn't give everything to us all at once so that, you know, we'd be excited for a while and then it would just drop off. But the rate at which they were coming out with it at the beginning was just so dreadfully slow and... It was a little off-putting to people because we just we felt like we weren't getting enough information to get really excited about it. And by the time it came around, it just I don't know the hype just wasn't there as much. It seemed like to me, even though the sales did great, it just it felt weird. I don't know. Yeah, um, not totally. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I like his I like his line here where he says Halo is lucky in a way that those things don't necessarily conflict with each other. <laughs> it's it, it's like okay you have a competitive like you have a competitive like it at least in halo 3 and he should know this yeah my favorite thing about the matchmaking system was that there was ranked yep and then there was social yes if you wanted Good. to play ranked you could play ranked if you want to play social you could play social and there was a separate like, there was a barrier yes. between those two types of players and you knew what what you were getting into when you went to one or the other. Right. Social was just that. And that's where you could say that was more the casual play. Exactly. You know, and that's where you go in and you could just, you know, screw around and you know, do crazy moves and try stuff you wouldn't normally try in ranked because social just didn't mean anything. You know, it just was fun. You know, whereas yeah. whereas ranked Man, you better be playing your ass off. You know, you're playing for your team, for yourself, for your KD. Your KD mattered then, or at yeah. least it should have, at least in ranked, you know. And uh, the better you did, then the better chance you had of ranking up, you know. That's one thing. Uh, that's certainly one of the things that has it just constantly keeps being brought up. Why do we not have... Uh, a, a social playlist and a ranked playlist. And if we had a ranked playlist, you know, if, if it was separated like that, I think you'd see a lot more people in the game uh, because, you know, there would be those people that would want to play all the ranked part of it. There would, there would be those that would just want to not bother with rank and just go social and have fun. And then you'd yeah. have players like myself, for instance, who, well, even you did as well. You know, we played both. 
we played yeah. all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. To me, to me, uh, I think this is one of the biggest down, downsides to Halo 4, and that's that with Halo 3, with Reach, um, not so much Halo 2, but there was something always a higher, long-lasting achievement to get. So if you, even if you were playing social on Halo 3, you had to get all the way to Brigadier, or was a general... Um, general, sorry, and that that took ages. Even if you were playing social, yeah, they had the ranking system where, you, yeah, for most people, they're taking ages to get to, to level fifty. Whereas Halo Four, that's purely once you hit that one thirty, there's no higher level objective to get to past that. Right, and, so I and think that killed off, that killed off the community. Yeah, within the first three months, because most a lot of people reached that goal. There's nothing to go for. What's the point of playing something? Yeah. Uh, except for the people who really enjoy it when you've already achieved the objective. Yeah, 130, and, and that's just it. And that that was, you know, that's only a, a, a rank that denotes essentially how much you play. You know, yeah, it, it has yeah, nothing to exactly. do with your skill because you could be a really shitty player and still hit 130 eventually. Yeah, we played you a know? bunch of yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um <laughs> You know, not like uh, at the beginning there, I didn't know that you could get more credits by playing Spartan Ops matchmaking, but you could get double the amount of that. So I could have played that and I could have hit 130 even faster. Don't forget there was also those double XP points too. I myself hit 130 at 40 days after launch. And that was, you know, a lot to do with uh, the double XP. Um, You know, so 130 really meant, really meant nothing. Exactly. So how many people do you think out of the population that played Halo 4, which is one point something million over so many months, how many of them hit that 130 go, well, I've got nothing else to go for. There's no rank playlist. So right. I, don't, I don't have to go for level 50. Right. There's no, there's no points per win right. to I mean, get uh, a general rank in social. Yeah, the only thing really that you kind of look forward to then is uh, is getting your commendations done to unlock some more armor. Now, that said, uh, they finally did add in skill ranks, but it's not visible in the game. You have to go either online or you have to back out and go to Halo Waypoint on the Xbox. So it's not something you can see. You used to in Halo Three, you used to be able to see what your team, what your what your teammates were, what your opponents were, and yeah. get a feel for the possibility of you know you're either going to have an ass whipping or you're going to be the do you're going to be the ones whipping ass, you know, um, and you know, and there was something to that. Uh, right. You know, it, it gave you a goal to achieve so that if it looked like you were outranked. Then it was like, okay, we're in for a hard fight. We really got to tighten it down, and you know, and you work towards it. And when you beat them, you really felt like it was an accomplishment. It was it, much more satisfying, right? And oh, whenever yeah. you played a team that you knew you were going to trounce, then it was, how much more can we beat the shit out of them? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and now it's great that we have skill rank, okay? But the way that it's that it's been implemented. Um, you know, I know I've, I've heard their reasoning before. It's that, you know, they don't want people boosting or anything like that. Look, the game is always going to have those kind of things uh, regardless. This puts it more a little bit behind the scenes. 
I think people just want it there so they can see it. You know, a lot of people are like, well, it's just a number. You're right. It is just a number, but it's also a goal for some people. Yeah. And it continues to, it, it, it's something that continues or makes them want to continue playing the game because you want to go for your 50 or you want to go or for those that are even lower. You want to hit 20, you want to hit 30, you want to hit 40. You know, it gives you something that you can see immediately without having to go through a second or tertiary form to find it, you know, to, to look I at mean, it. It's a motivator. Uh, if, you, if you look at if you look at the age we live in, we live in the age of instant satisfaction and, yes. and gratification for what we do. People don't want to go to an external source to go and find out what they what the, if, that's right. If they did enough in that game, we want information. We want to know. And we want to know now. We don't want to know right. in ten minutes when we go and log into another device. And, it, and, it's just, yeah. and the fact that Halo Three that came out in. Uh, 2007, right? In Blues 2007? You know, the fact that it came out essentially five years before Halo 4 and it had it in the game, why doesn't this game have it? You know? And there's there's a lot of things in this game that should have been there that weren't. But anyways, let's get to the last thing. And this was actually kind of a second part to what uh, that question was previously. Uh, The last question is, beyond the gameplay itself, does 343 and Microsoft see the esports industry with more importance than it used to? Frank says... I think we as a studio have a responsibility to sustain the game and keep its heart beating very seriously. And that's going to continue all the way up until the launch of our next game and beyond that. The 360 is going to be around for a long time, three years, and we want to make sure we're going to be supporting it properly. Now, where in that answer answer? does he say anything about the importance or, 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 you know, the esports industry with more importance than it used to. They don't see it. His answer doesn't say that they see any importance to this, yeah. you know? I, I, I don't know if he's being told that he can't share certain things because there's plans in the works. Or right. if he just, like, doesn't like the whole esports industry. I don't know what it is, but esports industry is huge and it's growing year over year. Yeah. My yeah. my biggest concern is that out of everything that was in this article was that, let, let's be realistic, do you really think Microsoft isn't going to push their next-gen console um, over something that's going to be happening for 360, regardless of whether it be a tournament next year, tournament midway through the year? Um, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Am I the only one who thinks that, like, in terms of... They're not going to focus on Halo once that next-gen console launches because they're going to have so much other stuff going on with other titles. Right. Halo will, be, Halo will always be their flagship, but am I the only one who thinks that they're going to start concentrating more until Halo 5 launches and not... That's right, yeah. ...necessarily yeah. worrying about Halo once, then, once November hits? Yeah, um, you know, certainly I think Halo 4... Uh, even from his own answer being that one question about, you know, it's halfway through its life cycle, you already get the feeling that even they, meaning 343, uh, have realized Halo 4 has diminished, you know. And uh, this having this contest uh, was a way to kind of bring it back in the limelight to try and give it a push, but really to, wor- to work more towards the goal of the next Halo game. And that's probably why he's trying to stay away from direct answers about eSports because 
they probably aren't planning to do anything, at least with Halo 4, with regards to that. They might do another competition. There might be a 4v4 before Halo 5 comes out, but it's not going to be something regular, you know. But but do you really think they're going to do that kind of competition after launch? Because they're not going to focus on 360. They, they're going to keep saying we're going to support it for three years, and 3 for 3 are going to keep saying that we're, it's only halfway through their cycle, but they've yeah. got to be realistic. They can't right. expect that once their console launches, the people aren't going to, the population is going to drop off even more. Right. They have to know that. I mean, in a month, we're going to see with the new Call of Duty game coming out, that or, or a month or two, that the population is going to drop off significantly. Right. I mean, we saw Even with Halo more. 3. Exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah, so we're going to and, see and a drop-off there, and then we're going to see a drop-off come November when the Xbox One hits because you're going to have all these other games coming out. So, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, you know, seeing... I want to see what I it think, is they plan on sustaining, at least yeah. until Halo 5 oh, launches. Exactly, exactly. I think they know. I think... I think they're almost resigned to the fact that once November hits, the population is going to take even that much more of a hit. Because, him, I mean, I'm buying a console on launch. That's just me. But I know that I'm not going to be playing Halo for a little bit because I'm going to be playing next-gen games. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's what they're going to be expecting. They can't expect to sustain a game if people aren't even going to be on that console, for one. Right. So yeah. how can they? how can they promote... Stuff that they're going to be doing. Uh, to me, they're resigned. They're, <laughs> I reckon they've. I reckon they've resigned to the fact that once those consoles launch, they're not going to be able to do much with Halo. So they're concentrating on next gen. And that's fine, mm-hmm. as long as they keep all the features in set, listen to the community, and really start pushing. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't I might, don't might, don't mind me. That's all right. That's <laughs> all right. E-sports, I think esports really needs to be a huge push for the next game. I mean, right now on Twitch.tv, you have sixty-five thousand people watching people playing League of Legends. That's a lot of people. Wow, really? Sixty-five. Ten thousand people watching people playing StarCraft. Fourteen thousand for Black Ops Two. Twelve thousand for Dota Two. And where is Halo at right now? It's at three sixty-four. Wow. And that's not 364,000. That's only 364 people. Yeah. I mean, they have to do something with esports. League of Legends has a ranking system. Black Ops 2 has a ranking system. Right. That separates the competitive from the casual. From very the true. social yeah. players. Right. And that's something very, that very people true. are looking for. And that's what kept it's... Halo 3 going for so many years. Oh, my God. Because you had both playlists. Yeah. You know, you you know, you remember, you know, when I, when you and I started playing, uh I was fairly well rank locked even then, but we still played and you know, I slowly started to eke up. You know, and it took a while, you know. Yeah. And uh uh but I kept at it and I kept playing because uh, you know, I got better. I, I was playing with you and, and other people, you know, whenever, we, you know, we formed the, the gaming group that we were in, uh, you know, then we started getting more strategies and all that. But Halo 3, um, for me, that was the pinnacle. I know a lot of people say Halo 2 was for them, and that's okay. Um, but the point is, is you had, you know, social and rank that delineated the groups uh, so that, you know, you could say, you know, well, this is a casual gamer, this is a competitive gamer. Yeah. You know, most yeah. most casual gamers didn't really go in 
to ranked. You know, if, if, if they went into ranked, it was certainly to try it. Uh, yeah. and, and either they got their butts whooped so bad they never went back again, or if they decided to stick with it, guess what? They became competitive. Yeah. You know? I mean, there was I people think, who um, played ranked specifically. Like, they had zero social games. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's such a good point that you made, Zach. I don't even think about Call of Duty that way. And that's the one thing, as, as you're saying, as we've been saying the whole time, is Halo 3 had that competitive and, and social distinction between playlists. And I don't even think about Call of Duty that way until you said it. And that's 100% correct. And that's yeah. why I now believe that that's why they've still got the, the following that they do. Yeah, That's a very good point. All right, gentlemen. Uh, so, are we done with the interview? Anything else you guys want to talk about on that part of it? No, I, th- I, th- I think we've uh, kind of exhausted most of talked it. Talked about that. Okay. Okay. So, run the gambit. Uh, one, there's two uh, last things that I want to uh, mention. Uh, one is uh, this news uh, just hit the a couple of days ago. Actually, I think it was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, as you all know, I'm a big uh, Halo uh, toy collector, and Mega Bloks uh, has finally uh, come out. To, they actually technically came out today to say that uh, their official next uh, big set is the UNC Mammoth. Now. I found out about this prior to that. Uh, there was another collector from another site uh, that he went and saw on Toys R Us Canada, that, their website, uh, the listing for it, and there was a picture there. Uh, he shared it on a collecting forum. I grabbed that, and I posted that on the blog as well to share with everybody else. And uh, there, I've got some details about the set. Now, I know you guys aren't so big on the collecting side of it, maybe Martin more than, uh, more than Zach, but let me just give you some quick details on this because... Uh, I, for one, I've been waiting for this set to come out for a long time. In fact, I, I had been begging Mega Bloks and those people that I know that work there for them to come out with the set since I first heard about it before Halo 4 even came out. Okay, so here's here's the deal with it. Um, it's a it's a set that measures 19 inches long and 9 inches high. doesn't say how wide, but I think it's roughly about 9 to 10 inches wide, uh, wide as well. So it's... Uh, it's Bigger, I think, than the elephant set that came out. Um, now, it has a removable hull and multiple interior compartments, so that's kind of cool. It's kind of like a play set, as well as a moving vehicle with the big wheels that it has. Uh, it's a vehicle bay by design to store and transport a fully loaded, uh, well, it says the Unice Night Ops Goshog, but really, that's it's any Warthog that you can put in there. So that's cool that it's big enough that it can fit that into it. Uh, the figures included with this are a Spartan recruit and a Spartan operator that are in a covert ops color. Now, that's important to note because the covert ops color for these Spartans is the same that they have for Fireteam Majestic. And as we know, the one who who wore the recruit armor is um, Spartan Thorn, uh, and the one who wore the operator or- armor is uh, Spartan Hoya. Uh, so we know that we're getting those two in the set, even though they're not named as such. Uh, there's also a Marine that's included. And then finally, they've decided to actually name a character. The only two characters they've named in the line, in the whole line for the last five years, uh, has been Master Chief and Cortana. And both of those came with the big, um, uh, the big, uh, oh, uh, uh, 
Forward Unto Dawn set that came out last year. So the the named figures coming out with this is there's going to be Commander Lasky, and then there's going to be a little mini uh, light-up Roland, and that's just like Cortana. Cortana was a little mini light-up figure that came in the Forward Unto Dawn set as well. Uh, so it'll be kind of cool to get those. Um, that's essentially that. Now, the price of this, it depends on where you get it from. Uh, it is exclusive to Toys R Us. Toys R Us Canada uh, has it listed at 165 uh, whereas in the States, it's listed at $180. Uh, either way, though, that $14 difference doesn't make a whole big of a, of a deal, considering that the piece count is 2,030 pieces. That's actually very good for the price then. How uh, many pieces? 2,030. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of pieces. Yeah, this is not one thing that you build in one sitting. This is something that will take you several hours to do. As the as the forward into dawn did with me, I think I I spent maybe three or four hours a day over the course of four days building it. Um, you know, uh, you can check my site by the way. I have uh, complete articles on that. I think it's like a six uh, article uh, section that's all about the forward into dawn build. The same thing will happen with uh, with the mammoth when and if I can I'm able to get it um but yeah it's just a massive set and uh totally looking forward to seeing that come out again mega blocks has uh officially recognized this on their facebook page so uh you can consider that solid now all right uh the last thing then unless you guys have anything else to add i uh, want to talk briefly about uh the halo fan for life land that's uh, coming up next saturday um, this will be the last time I'll mention it in the podcast because by the time the next one rolls around, the event will be over with. And then, we'll, of course, we'll have a you know recap of it. Uh, I'm lucky enough that Zach is going to be there. Uh, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, Mr. Martin there being all the way in Australia, uh, he can't make it. I don't know why he can't make it. You know, he was just like, screw you. I'm not coming. No. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I, if I start swimming now, I might get there in about, I don't know, 50 years. Okay, okay. I'll wait <laughs> or, for you. Or dead. Okay. Or I'll be dead, one of the two. All right. That's a deal. <laughs> All right. So, so anyways, uh, again, it's, uh, it's Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday, September 14th. It's uh, three hours from 5 to 8 p.m. The cost is $15, and that'll include pizza and a drink, one drink. But I do plan on bringing uh, drinks my own self as well for this, so there should be some additional uh, pop there. Um, there'll be a free-for-all tournament within the LAN itself. Uh, it's just for the folks that are attending the LAN, so you know it's kind of a fun thing. There will be some prizes, though, for it. Uh, in fact, uh, luckily enough, Mega Blocks, I, I, I asked several... Uh, Halo merchandisers, if uh, you know, if I could get something for the land, and Mega Blocks was the only one to directly answer that, and they're going to be sending some some sets for that. Um, they're sending That's me, nice. yeah, they're sending me some uh, Night Ops uh, Goss Hog sets as well as a new set that's the Anti-Air Cobra. That was featured in uh, Halo Wars. Mm. Uh, that set's normally, cool. I think it's what was it, about forty-five bucks, something like that. Forty forty five dollars, and the and the Goss Hog is like thirty to thirty three dollars. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give for the first prize. Uh, it'll be one of each of those to the first pla- uh, first place finisher. Then the second place will get uh, the Cobra, which is because it's more expensive, and then uh, the third place will get the uh, the Goss Hog. Then so uh, you know that'll be nice. And then I'll have I will have an additional uh, uh, Goss Hog set that I'll be giving out uh, online. Um, through a trivia contest to look for that uh, as well. 
each person that comes to the land is going to get uh, Mega Bloks' exclusive convention figure. Uh, to date, the only one, only time it's been available is uh, has been at um, San Diego Comic Con, and uh, I believe they're going to have it again at New York Comic Con. But other than those two events, they might have it at one other one, and that's it. So for me to be able to get a hold of some of these, they I think they said they're sending me forty, maybe forty five of them. Considering Ooh. I had, yeah, considering I only had 26 people uh, register for the land, which, by the way, that's actually pretty good considering I only had this go for, what, about a month or yeah. two, about maybe two months beforehand. That's not bad, you know. Uh, yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, no, you're right. This thing is awesome. <laughs> um, but considering yeah, that they're giving me these figures to hand out to everybody, and then they said, you know, any additional ones you can do with what you want, essentially, uh, you know, I plan on giving those away as trivia uh, prizes on the site as well. So look for uh, later in the month, the, the actual two-year anniversary for Halo Fan for Life dot com is on the 24th. So from the 15th, to the 24th, that's that's the day after the land, through the 24th, I'll be having daily trivia contest pri- uh, questions to uh, to win one of these figures, and then I'll actually, on the 24th, I'll have uh, some big type of a trivia thing so that you can try to win the, uh, the Goss Hog set. Now, in order to get these, you have to be a registered member of the site, because I'm only going to accept answers that are done through replies on my site, and the only way that you can do that is to be a registered member. So even if you're on Twitter, you can't answer through Twitter. I'm not going to take answers through Twitter. I'm not going to take answers through Facebook. It has to be done on the site. This way, I actually have a record of it being done on my site as well. It's a little bit more official that way. That's why I want it done like that. Um, but uh, anyways, getting back to the land, uh, the basics... Uh, just, go ahead. Just quickly, don't forget about your favorite Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, who, who would that be? Uh, it's it's certainly not that guy that uh, betrayed me in the game of Ricochet earlier today. <laughs> oh, 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 no, he didn't. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes, oh, yes. Damn it! <laughs> nah, you're good, man. I'll get you hooked up with one of those. That's fine. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But okay, so the the uh, the schedule for the LAN event, uh, it, it's not really going to be held at any specific time. But this is how the event's going to run. At the beginning, there'll be a meet and greet where we'll essentially just introduce ourselves briefly. Uh, I'll probably buy those cheesy little, you know, my name is stickers, and then you put your your name and your gamer tag on it. Uh, immediately after that, we'll do the free for all tournament, so we can get that going. Uh, once that's done, we'll have uh, pizza and drinks, and uh, during that time, we'll also have what I'm calling the Halo Showcase, and that's where. Uh, I've asked everybody that's coming to bring something of theirs that's Halo-related. It doesn't have to be rare. It can be anything you want, whether it's rare, common, whatever. If it's something special to you, something you made, something somebody made for you, whatever, bring it uh, so that you can discuss it. uh, And just, you know, it'll be something for uh, everybody to share with each other to show, you know, uh, the the, the spectrum of what Halo uh, has to offer. I'll have some some things from my own collection there. and, uh, you know, some, some things were kind of rare, some things are uh, not so rare, but, uh, uh, I think what you'll see there will be, uh, uh, quite enjoyable. Um, I won't go over all of them again. There's a couple of things listed, uh, in the land section, uh, on the header on the site. So you can check that out. Um, there will be, and I won't say who, but there will be, uh, just for security sake, 
an off-duty policeman there, but you won't know who he is, and I'm not going to have him identify himself. It is, again, just for <laughs> security's sake because of the types of collectibles I have. It's nothing that's really super expensive, but um, uh, it is, uh, it's an importance to me because um, it would be hard for me to get those things back. So uh, besides, I don't want somebody else acting up like a fool, uh, you know, in case there's anybody that decides to drink or whatever, uh, you are going to have to sign a waiver. Everybody that comes to this is going to have to sign a waiver that absolves myself and the business that this is being held at, held at from uh, any, any wrongdoing, um, especially with anybody that might be drinking. And then anybody that's the ages between 18 and 20 will have to also sign a waiver that they will not drink at all at the event. Um, Again, that's just for my protection, the business's protection, as well as, uh, you know, the protection from, you know, for, for other people as well. We want this to just be, you know, a nice, and I hate to say the word, but a nice casual, you know, get together. Yes. The C uh, word. Yeah. Well, competitive is the C word too, but it's a different C word. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, just, just be aware that, uh, you know, that that's going to be there as well. So, uh, you know, you'll be looked after, um, and, He's ghosting on me, undercover policeman. Uh, no, he 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 isn't unless unless he is and he hasn't told me. But no, uh, and the good thing is he uh, he did confirm to me that he is coming. So, uh, awesome. you know, so that's definitely good news. Um, we are having people coming uh, far and wide from this. Um, we have uh, Zach, of course, is from Chicago. Uh, I've got uh, a person coming from West Virginia, one or two from Ohio, one that's coming from D.C., uh, one or two that's coming from New York, and then all over uh, uh, Pennsylvania, several places in Pennsylvania. So it's actually covering a fairly wide uh, spectrum there, it's more than I uh, had expected, more than I had hoped for. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so... If you still would like to come to this, you still can. Uh, I will probably be able to get you one of those figures. Um, again, though, there's so many I was going to hold back for the site, but we'll just see. You know, I'll play that part by ear. Um, if you do want to come, send me an email at sal at halofanforlife.com. Uh, again, be aware and advise that you will need to have your ID. You must be at least 18 years of age. You will have to sign a waiver, uh, and it is $15 to get in. Uh, so, you know, as long as you're cool with all that, then uh, you're more than welcome to come to that. Just, you know, behave yourself. It's going to be a fun land. That's all we want to have is some fun. All right. Well, that's all I have. Uh, gentlemen, do you have any last thoughts? You're up, Zach. Um not not entirely um can't wait till we get to the cod switch oh yes we will talk <laughs> about that in fact you want to write that down we'll talk about that next week good good um like to just uh plug my twitter account of course the halo array um give me a follow you know, anything you got the Taylor related, shoot it at me. I'll retweet, get it out to the, uh, you know, community there. Um, also check out at PGL underscore insider. It's the, uh, I feel like the now premier online, um, Halo competitive gaming scene. So check that out. It's okay. definitely pretty cool. And Martin, you want to plug your, uh, your Twitter as well? Yeah, why not? Uh, you can follow me at the Halo Opinion, no spaces. Um, I just generally post different bits and pieces from around the Halo universe, different pictures. Uh, I try to get out some different sort of themes every week uh, with the stuff that I put on there. But yeah, the Halo Opinion. 
So, so you said you post pictures. You, you post pictures of your Johnson, Sergeant Johnson. That is Sergeant Johnson, Sergeant Avery Johnson. He knows He's what the ladies sorry. like. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, I do thank you two for joining me as always. And for all of you out there, thank you very much for listening to us. This has been uh, one hour and 50 minutes now. And uh, I hope that we've brought yeah. you some entertaining uh, uh, news and information. And uh, please come back again next week. And in the meantime, you can always go to halofanforlife.com for all your news, entertainment, fun, and information regarding Halo. And we are out of here.